The Danzig mesh meter is off the charts. We're in a Danzig mesh high alert. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, the bland never the played. Church. Never played, Rob. Yeah. Oh, okay. did it? I, I thought everybody was hearing it but me. No. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. I thought you were doing a live read for Danzig <laughs> before, the, before the show started. I was like, all right, nobody's saying anything. I guess Damn, I got, everything, I got everything right but that. Let's try it again, baby. We'll do it live. Fuck it. This is your announcer, Chuck Landington, welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. There's a massive heat wave sweeping the nation this week. You can tell it's bad because Danzig has gone from mesh t-shirts to mesh tank tops. The sweaty pasty gun show is in full effect. Delicious. The Metal Injection Livecast starts now. The Danzig mesh meter is off the charts. <laughs> so is are tank tops less cumbersome than mesh shirts? I would think no. The it's it, they're both mesh. Oh, it's from a I mesh T-shirt to a oh, mesh tank top. I get it. I didn't yeah, he doesn't want mesh. the sleeves. Less, Rob, play it a third time. Welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. <laughs> I was just so happy There's that it played that I didn't hear the call the content. You can tell it's bad because Danzig has gone from mesh T-shirts to mesh tank tops. There it is. Yeah. I get it now. Tasty gun show is I was a little effect. slow. Delicious. <laughs> It's hot. It's okay. We're all yeah. we're all a little we're, we're all working at three quarter speed because it's hot. Welcome to the Metal Injection live cast. It's Rob here with Sid and Darren. Uh, Noah's not here this week, but Hi. we do have Axel Rosenberg from Metal Sucks. We're very excited to have you here, Axel. Hey. Thanks for having me. It is always fun to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. Axel clearly wins best dressed of yeah. the night. You had a Shush. job interview or something? No, I dress like a big kid now. <laughs> wow. Even at home? Yeah, uh, yeah I I, uh, I have pull-up diapers and everything. <laughs> Are you wearing slacks or is it Humble just from the waist up? No, 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 I'm wearing shorts. Okay, that's fine then. It's important. Yeah. He knew he was going to be on a very popular stream and he wanted to, you know, to put on his natty threads. I like it. If I wear like monsters, I feel like a teenager and shit starts to go south real quick. So it's almost like a reminder to myself that like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost 40 years old. Wow. Well, I'm <laughs> over 40. I don't know what my excuse is. <laughs> You're less neurotic than I am. Mm, I don't know, maybe just about different things. <laughs> Have you met Sid? Yeah. <laughs> well, Robert? you can meet Sid right now. By giving us a call, 213-WIDE-NUT. The phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. 213-943-3688. It's the Metal Injection Livecast. Let me express myself. (laughs) (laughs) Quick reminder, uh, we are on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We post clips, video clips from the show uh, throughout the week. And, of course, if you want to watch the full video archive of these episodes, you can get it on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Metal Injection Livecast. For five bucks a month, you get access to all the video versions of the episodes and at least two bonus episodes a month. We've been doing two a month lately. And uh, this month we had some good ones. We watched some old Metal Injection sketches. uh, And at the top of the month, we watched the absolutely atrocious Kiss uh, uh, at the Phantom and the Phantom of the Park. The Phantom of the Park. Unbelievably bad, like one of the worst mistakes in cinematic history. Legendarily bad. 
Mm-hmm. Like I knew, I never saw it until we did this, and uh-huh. I, I, yeah, I've seen like the behind the music where they talk about how ashamed they are. I totally understand why they're so ashamed. It's uh, it's unwatchable. But I think uh, but you, we did it. You also can't know, like you you think you'd think you have an idea before you watch it, and you just you're wrong. You don't know how embarrassing it is until you actually watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of embarrassing, July 1st, right around the corner, it's this Thursday, which means a brand new episode goes up, and we just recorded a fucking hilarious watch-along to Mean Man, the Chris Holmes story. And uh, Axel, I know you're a big Chris Holmes fan. I didn't know that was available for viewing already. It is on Amazon Prime. and shit? It is incredible. It is an amazing one. Right, we gotta wrap this up. I got shit to do. <laughs> I had I'm no all, idea I'll, that it. Yeah. I had no idea. All right. Well, now I'm gonna get your watch along, and I'm gonna. It's gonna be like you're there with me. Patreon.com slash Metal Injection Livecast. That's where you can watch it starting this Thursday. Darren, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say I don't, I'm not going to spoil the movie, nor will I uh, spoil our Patreon. But I want to just say one thing as a teaser. Uh, I really went into that film like thinking. Chris Holmes was a big, dumb, like lovable oaf. And the movie transformed my opinion to thinking he's a vile scumbag and a vile, <laughs> disastrous human being. He's a, he's a vile scumbag. That's yes. well put. <laughs> There's no hiding. Sorry for that. anyone who's been under the illusion that he was a lovable oaf. Right. I mean, I but maybe like I was ignorant is my point. I don't think I followed oh, yeah, the Chris yeah, yeah, Holmes yeah. journey enough to know. So, I, I, yeah, but what uh, you're telling me really is that his movie about himself that he paid for and produced makes him look like a vile scumbag. Awful. It's you, you yeah. have no idea. And it's really it was well a way done. to edit it to make it look any other way. It's yeah. sort of right, yeah. the only story to tell. It's very similar. <laughs> I mean, I, I assume what happened is he doesn't think that the events portrayed in this film make him look bad is what I think. I think it, yeah. you, I think he thinks that it humanizes him or he thought that he needed the money and he needed a thing to sell more than he cared about what his image was. What money, though? Anything above zero is more than he's got. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He is getting from the looks of the documentary. He he did get some club gigs in Europe uh, for his solo band. So it seems like he can probably do that and maybe be on like the third stage at some festivals. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely one of those. Right, and that he (laughs) can like use for music videos, so it makes it look like. Oh, so people go see. You've seen 25% of this documentary in the three from the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. videos are uh, like shot for shot, but there's uh, not enough of him talking in the videos. Yeah. Which oh, is, that, I which mean, is when he always really just guys in his fucking element. <laughs> well, he said some new shit, didn't he? Didn't it emerge? That he said something racist. Oh no, that he was old. racist a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. See, that's what, here's my point is I didn't know enough about Chris Holmes to know that he was a piece of shit. I he said he had to move movie. to Europe because hip hop has taken over the American market and all the white kids want to listen to hip hop too. Oh. And gangster rap, which hasn't yeah, even been relevant for 20 like, years. It was, just, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. It was, yeah. And Alex Skolnick heard that quote and was like, I guess I better start writing rap songs. Holy <laughs> dude. <laughs> has he done any more since the election no. or is that over he has not done any more but he has commented on a hot political topic Uh-oh. which could be our which is our first story tonight 
uh, which we will get to, which I, I love it when musicians get political. What's and- he going to talk about? Like Trump is gone. Trump's like playing golf every day. Like what is there to, for him to say anymore? That's the well, sum total of his ideology was Trump yeah. sucks. Well, he's actually talking about Brexit and it's in uh, <laughs> okay. response to Bruce Dickinson. Now, I'm not sure if we talked about this when Brexit was happening, but Dickinson, who a rich musician with mm-hmm. like, you know, his own little corporate interests with his uh, he owns flying, an airline company, uh, happened to be for Brexit and said it would be it would be good for bands. And that uh, well, he owns an airline that. company. Everyone's going to want to escape Britain now. I think yeah. he should be for Brexit. <laughs> all the, with well, all the racists okay. taking over. So in 2018, in an interview, he said, if musicians were running Europe, Europe would run a lot better because we'd all get on with each other and say, yeah, <laughs> Iron Maiden is global music. We have fans everywhere. I don't see a problem with touring Australia. That's not a part of EU. There's no problem with touring Japan. That's not a part of EU. I don't see a problem with touring America. Oh, let me see. That's not a part of EU. Do those musicians have a problem coming to Europe? No. Interesting. Interesting thing about Brexit was that I was one of the people that voted for it. I'm quite excited about the idea. I'm sorry. I'm quite relaxed about the idea. There's a lot of nonsense and scare stories being made up by both sides, actually. And I think it's pretty immature. Brexit will enable us to be more flexible. And I think that Europe will get an advantage from that. So before we delve into Alex Skulnik's response to this, what is he do you do we get the impression that he's like a like just ignorant and dumb or is he for the like racist aspect of brexit uh, you're asking if bruce dickinson is for the like is he is he siding with brexit because of their their racist at, or is he just misinformed rich white guy and it's hard to say because his explanation there didn't really say anything that he thought yeah. was good about it just said we so, can be more flexible he didn't really say mean? yeah Hold on. There's a little more to the quote. Brexit actually opens our borders. Brexit opens the UK to the whole of the world. Whatever deal is going to get done on Brexit will not change the status of the UK very much, but I think it'll enhance our economic capabilities. So can I chime in? Is it possible that he's just so stupid that he thinks Brexit is the opposite of Brexit? Like he's on the wrong. He thinks he's on the other side, but he's not. And he's on. He's pro. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Here we go. Well, let me just read this one last part. And I think it'll oh, help. There was another reason he was in favor of it, which Uh-oh. we should read just in his defense. But maybe that's what you're about to read. So, and rapidly after that, people will forget about all of this nonsense uh about brexit and just say there's a new relationship with the uk that's it end of story and we can all get on with doing what we should be doing which is getting on with each other trading with each other making music making love and making sure that vladimir putin doesn't come and end up ruling our country what 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 is but he, he also said that like he thought local governments were better equipped to handle their citizens needs than the eu so, like, that's ostensibly the Republican argument, right? It's like a mm-hmm. state's rights. Yeah. Yeah. Part. So anyway, so then what did he say yesterday, Rob? Oh, so let's oh. there's a video video clip like, let's see now two years on now. So for the less politically inclined among us, 
can, can we sum up Brexit very, very simply? Like basically there's the European Union and the UK didn't want to be a part of it, right? And, and what, are the, what are the ramifications here? It's harder to travel. It was much easier to travel. You only needed one passport to travel through all of Europe and the UK, which you wouldn't have to stop by customs. You could just go right through. And then there's just tariffs essentially, right? It's taxation and tariffs, right? Is that ba- the basic gist of it? Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I think I got it. Uh, all right. So with that said, here is uh, any. Go ahead. John Oliver has always did a wonderful thing about it, where he explains all of the ramifications, including how it could lead to a divided aisle yet again. So, Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here he is on Sky News this week with a different tone. Don't get me started on. Can you hear on, it? Uh, mm-hmm. The, the government's attitude to the entertainment industry. I mean, we are probably one of the UK's major exports. <laughs> I mean, come on. And yet we're sitting here, we can't do anything. Uh, we can't even artists. I mean, I mean, all right, I mean, I'm very, it's very well known that I voted for Brexit, but... We you keep know, a count how many sentences that- he finishes. <laughs> After you've every time. done it, you then go in and be sensible about the relationships you have with people. So at the moment, all this guff about not being able to play in Europe and the Europeans not being able to play over here and work permits and all the rest of the rubbish. Come on, you know, get your... Come on! Don't get me started on, on uh, the... the- uh, that was it. Come on, Patty. <laughs> it, was a, it was a state show. Come on, England! Come on, Donington! Come on, Patty! In what world did he think that, like, afterwards everyone would be sensible? I don't understand, like, how it would be more sensible when you're no longer cooperating with the EU. Like, what did that <laughs> but make it's also, Like, he said musicians would solve it because we'd all get along. It's like, oh, really? All musicians get along? Yeah, first of all, I'm Biggie and Tupac so soon. That's the guy who once quit his band. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the rest of the band don't count as musicians. He just means frontmen. Oh, also, also, yeah, musicians have never uh, got into silly arguments about how big their logo is on a fest flyer or where they go on in, in, in the arrangement of the festival. It's all everyone just, you know, they're cool about it. They're wonderful at allocating budget. Yeah. Hey, do we really need this? Uh, and so to kind of... Uh, uh, close the window here when Alex Skolnick respond, he retweeted this video and he said Trump big admi- <laughs> <laughs> he says big admirer of Bruce Dickinson as vocalist slash pilot slash fencer slash entrepreneur etc <laughs> and probably none of my biz as a modern day colonist and but- the tweet there <laughs> yeah <laughs> But what the heck did he think was going to happen? Siding with Nigel Farage, Farage, Nigel Farage of the world, the Nigel Farages of the world and voting hashtag Brexit at two Bruce. (laughs) He wrote it to Bruce. He wrote it to Bruce. He did. God, I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say you added that. But no, no. Yeah. Here it is. And two Bruce. No, Bruce actually, it's just Bruce. It's <laughs> like it's two Bruce. Oh. oh, you're right. <laughs> oh. Douche chills. Oh. There we go. 
Um, I think the buried lead here is that Bruce Dickinson has a one-man spoken word show. What is this? Why? Who asked for this? What's it about? Uh, that's what, like, does he just need money? Like, why is he doing this? He, he just I, wants to get, he's, he's tired of his wife and kids and wants to get back out oh. on the road. Uh, I don't think he needs the money. I think, I think like he craves the spotlight. I mm. think probably. Yeah. You know? It's like, well, if I can't sit at home all the time. Maybe he thinks and, the rest of his band has uh, COVID. So he wants to just be on stage by himself. <laughs> still make money. Well, it is pretty crazy because the situation in Europe is pretty dire, which is like so it's so wild to me because like if you asked me nine months ago, I would have assumed Europe would have gotten its shit together way quicker than the U.S. and the U.K. even. The U.K. has their shit a little more together than the rest of Europe. And uh, it's actually been a big problem. A bunch of bands are canceling European tours or postponing them uh, from the summer and the spring, like Slipknot did it, Meshuggah. You just, it's not enough countries are open back up yet. It's pretty wild. I guess they don't have a pharmaceutical industry that the government can subside to encourage people to then subsidize? get the jab, uh, subsidize, thank you, that so that the government can encourage people to get the vaccine. Well, I also think that it's, Partly because the United States just doesn't give a shit if people die, so they're just opening things like preemptively. So it appears that we got our shit together more, but it's really just because. Do you think it's too soon? I I think the decisions are driven by by profits and not by you know whether people are going to get sick and die or not. And you know, not that that isn't the case also in the UK, but I think possibly to a lesser extent. You know, the UK is just as open. This is the the Europe. Sorry, in Europe, not in the yeah yeah. Yeah, but I think that it's, uh, you know, you can't judge by what's going on in the U.S. Because in the U.S., just because things are open doesn't mean that there's not a crisis going on, you know. That's true. I mean, everywhere you go, it's, it's people piling on each other with mat- without masks on now. It's disgusting. It's like we're in, the, we're in New York, right? So the five boroughs. And it's like, you know, 40% of people in the five boroughs are not vaccinated. So you're just going to open the door and let everyone come in without a mask? Like, the shit is still here. What yeah. sense does that make? People just want to, they want to have their buffalo wings with their friends. Fine. Call, <laughs> and watch call hockey. Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> Do it over Zoom, motherfucker. But then you get buffalo sauce on your keyboard. It's a whole thing. Yeah, that's inconvenient. Maybe you're out Fine. of wet wipes. Open everything up then. You're right. Persuade <laughs> me. Just like the Chris Holmes documentary. <laughs> it was all his idea. And add it to the list of shit he's done. Yeah. Yeah, even though things have opened up, I really haven't taken too much advantage of it. I've went out to eat a few times, and that's really it. Same. I haven't gone to a, a show yet or anything like that, or like a bar. Axel, how about you? Um, I went to a couple of restaurants and I went to a couple of movies. Oh, you've done the movie thing. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't take it anymore. What movies? Oh, oh. Uh, I saw Tenet on the IMAX because okay. I didn't. I never got to do that. And uh, I saw Quiet Place Two. And last week I saw F Nine: The Fast Saga. Oh boy, yeah. how was that? Was that was the good good crowd response for F Nine? Uh. It was a weird crowd response for F9. Like, 
Shea Wiggum, do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. The actor who like repeatedly gets his nose broken throughout the franchise. I've never okay. seen a Fast and Furious movie, but I know who he is from Boardwalk Empire. Okay. Well, he's in all the Fast and Furious movies and the running joke is that his nose keeps getting broken. <laughs> so he has a quick cameo here and he got like a huge entrance applause and I was like, wow, this crowd is pumped. <laughs> and then Jordana Brewster, who's one of the main characters in the franchise, walked on and silence. Fucking patriarchy. That is fucking bizarre. (laughs) But um, yeah, the movie's way too fucking long. You could feel the energy deflating from the audience people. And what, if anything, were they doing uh, to like respect like COVID spread or whatever? Uh, So I didn't know this going into it. Up until now, it's still been distanced. So like if you buy it, all the seats are reserved. And if you buy a seat, then like all of the seats around you are no longer for sale. Um, when I got there on the other night for F9, uh, that was not the case. That had been the case when I bought the ticket and had no had stopped being the case in the interim, and I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. So I was seated next to some people. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm vaccinated. Hope for the best. It's worth it to see F9, right? Sure. <laughs> it could be worse. I could have... Uh, uh, I got nothing. Yeah, no, not a great, <laughs> not, not my wisest decision, but you know, you go see F nine, you get some C nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you'll be fine. I don't think it. Yeah, I'm not. You'll be it. fine. You might pass it along to someone who's unvaccinated, but that's on them. I don't know, know anyone who's unvaccinated. That's the yeah, thing. Is like, I have. You know, it seems at this point, like the people who aren't vaccinated don't want to be vaccinated, and so I, you know, like I don't. What do you yeah, what, what do you do, do with those people? Well, I'm not putting it on anybody that's uh, that's uh, going out or anything. Like I, would, I should preface this by saying I understand like the impetus to want to get out of your house. Like it's been 15 months and all that, and like people who go do things are not the problem. You know what I mean? But I just think it's really not time to be that like brazen about it. I think vaccines are good. Everyone should get a vaccine. Uh, but you got to do other stuff in addition to the vaccine. It's a tool, you know, and you still got to wear masks. You still got to stay away from people. You still got to wash your hands frequently. Like, it's not like you got a vaccine and now you're fucking Superman, like you're invincible, which I think is the prevalent opinion right now. And it's fucking dangerous. Like, it's a great way to make a, a huge Petri dish for variants and stuff that could evolve beyond vaccines. And also there's 40% of people walking around that are unvaccinated. These are all good points. Be careful. And and make out with a few people. What? If they get tested <laughs> and you both tested and you both feel safe, go ahead and make out with somebody. There's nothing wrong with that. Just be careful. Like everything else in life, we've got to be careful now. Uh, another person I think should be careful is uh, Courtney Love. Oh. A uh, friend of the show, Courtney Love. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've spoken in the past of how my opinions on Courtney have changed in uh, recent in recent months and recent years. Uh, we talked about it. We did a, a watch along of uh, Kurt and Courtney on our Patreon a few months ago, and it was so revealing of like how unfairly she's portrayed in that documentary, which is not how I felt when I originally saw it as a kid. I thought that she was public enemy number one at the time. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like she got a bad rap I, as much as I enjoy joking about her 
being responsible for the death of her late husband. I, I did. I now look back and see how it's an unfair, perhaps sexist criticism, and and she was not treated fairly by fans or the press. I have a question that's been like floating around in my mind. I was wondering what your opinion is, Rob, specifically. Uh, how like how much do you think that film did anything to promote that thought about Courtney Love, or or was it just like a barnacle? on the burgeoning movement to like slander her. Sorry, is that the I, Nick Greenfield one? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Was it just, was it, was there any, did it have any kind of impact or was he just cashing in on that? I think thought? it did. It did have an impact in like how, you know, uh, like there was that, like nine 11 was an inside job documentary, mm-hmm. uh, like loose change or whatever that was called. And how like everyone would be like, Oh, you gotta watch You gotta see it's Like, even if people didn't see it, it put it in their head that there's this whole documentary that exposes how like Courtney love could be responsible for this. So I, I don't think as many people watched it as much as heard of it because also it wasn't available anywhere for the longest time. There was like one copy at like one blockbuster in, in Brooklyn. I remember. I saw uh, it in theaters when it opened. Wow. Oh, nice. Oh, Were people cheering when Courtney Love first came in and then yeah, when El Duce? Yeah. Well, nothing. When Shane Wiggum walked off. Yeah. <laughs> when Courtney Love walked off, there was no reaction. <laughs> when Courtney uh, Love punched Shane Wiggum in the nose of oh, that no. scene, yeah. That was rough. She probably has. She's punched a lot of people. So the odds it's are. Worth, it's worth Go ahead. Matt. I think uh, it actually. lent, it lent, like, because Nick Broomfield was like uh maybe respected is the wrong word but like a known documentarian and he had a uh, british I, accent and, mm-hmm. and he had a british accent i think it like lent weight to that fear for some people yeah uh, but if yeah. you watch it now and i actually i really do recommend uh, uh watching it or perhaps checking out our watch along on patreon.com slash metal injection live guest you funny. really do see how he had nothing it's so it's it's a 90 minute like delay like just he really was was stretching there were so many like long shots of a highway or whatever just because he needed needed to do something uh so yeah there it really it's incredible how bad it is how much it doesn't hold up especially like seeing as as an adult and like realizing you know oh it's all it's all like the, the thoughts are silly uh, but anyway, but with all of that said, I don't know if Courtney Love is on. I don't know. This is probably insensitive to say, so I'm going to say it. Anyway. <laughs> but like, perhaps Go she's on it. some some new medication or something because oh, she has boy. been she has been very active on social media in a way that she hasn't been in a long time, and saying some wild things. And uh, this week she. She made some headlines. Uh, I didn't cover on, on our site, and I don't think actually you covered it, but we're going to talk about it here because we have no standards on the Metal Injection Livecast. <laughs> uh, but so she, quote unquote, called out 18-year-old pop star Olivia Rodrigo over similarities in concept art. And uh, so Olivia Rodrigo, first of all, She's I back her. Yeah, this is her. Yeah. Uh, on the and, video uh, and uh, she's a pop artist. She put out an album earlier this this year, and it's really good. It's it's a pretty good album. There's some Listen to the whole thing. Yeah, there's oh, a lot wow. of like I, I'm like there's a lot of slow ballady pop songs, which I'm not as a fan of. But if it's not a slow ballad, it's like an upbeat 
kind of riot girlish pop punk uh, song. And I really like that. And I'm very glad that there is some form of rock music in mainstream pop culture, something that, that I feel has been lacking for a while, but slowly kind of creeping back in. But anyway, so uh, she has a live, like a online live concert that she's doing. And then here is the uh, cover art for it, which Courtney Love reposted. Uh, and so it's basically Olivia Rodrigo as a prom queen uh, with some flowers. She has the crown and her eyeliner is running because she's crying. And it bears much similarity to the whole live through this album cover. Right. Mm, yeah, sure. Uh, let me pull that up uh, really quickly. Pull it Just out, Rob. <laughs> you okay there <laughs> okay so here's the comparison yeah. side by side i mean it's like not exactly right i mean so I makeup guess, crown flowers okay yeah that's a but yeah the expressions are different it's i see your point enough. i see your point i yeah. guess yeah. the background colors are both similar-ish so courtney love initially posted spot the difference hashtag twinning and it's like, oh, it's playful, you know? Yeah. But then she also posted on Facebook the same thing. And then she seemed much more upset about it. This is why you have to follow Courtney on all the social platforms because she has different <laughs> takes on each one. This is very exactly. Smart. Can I just not... say, inter interrupt for a second? I don't think that was that playful. I thought that was like snarky, the first, the Instagram one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess in the context of what she said on Facebook, it probably was. But it, without that, you might have thought it was playful. OK, so she posted the same. It's the same thing. But I guess on Facebook, she actually responds to comments. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, fucking boomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess some fans were saying, like, do they hold it up? To, it's not different. Like, relax, relax. Uh uh, and then so she goes, it's on Geffen, the label. Uh, she says, I've informed her and I await her flowers and note. I sure hope it's long. Does Disney teach kids reading and writing? God knows. Let's see. Yes, what? this is rude. Rage inducing. Honey, if I had a dollar for every time this happens, I'd be real rich. I guess the, the commenter said it was rage inducing. That, that the uh, Bitter. The per which for me, it's like Olivia Rodrigo is the most popular pop star in the country right now and it's like she look I, I will say it's like clearly paying tribute to uh courtney love because even in this original instagram post you could see uh, a little further down that olivia rodrigo actually commented wait i thought i saw it here we go love you and live through this so much like so she's paying tribute yeah. to whole and also and this you said this is just to promote a cons this isn't even like an album cover it might be like a live album cover down the line but yeah it's promoting a live stream essentially but who gives a fuck it's like some random photo she took like a who gives a, a fuck anyway yeah. yeah but okay if she was like selling her album and trying to profit off then i could at least see the path to being upset about it yeah. but this is like literally nothing it's like so the, it's like the big Lebowski. The cycle. Oh, sorry, Sid. No, go ahead. Uh, you know, the big Lebowski, like, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. Yeah. Like, she's got a point, but get over it. Like, Does yeah. she have a point? I don't I know mean, if I, she does, yeah. I like, do, it, it seems I, like at best, or at worst, rather, it's an homage. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, like a 56 year old woman picking on an 18 year old on social yeah. media is not a great yeah. look. Yeah. I completely agree with you. You know, like if it really is that much of a problem, hey, I hear you're in the music industry. Call <laughs> somebody. <laughs> uh, well, apparently, and one of she's since updated like she's sending flowers and a note i can't wait <laughs> so maybe she just wanted to ha- to chat with olivia mm. uh oh she I goes can't. stealing an original idea not asking permission is rude there's no way to be elegant about it i'm not angry it happens all the time and i'm very gracious or i say nothing but this was bad form it's not bullying or bomb throwing this person's music. This person's music has nothing to do with my life. Possibly never will. It was rude, and I gave every and I have every right to stick up for my work. There's a lot of uh, so she on. took the picture for that album cover for that whole album cover. Is what, maybe is it's that her concept. Also, like maybe this is showing my age, or maybe Uh-oh. this is like my lack of whole fandom. That album was a big deal when it came out. Is that cover still iconic? If I take that cover to 118 year old kids are they gonna know what the fuck oh, it is no way that's a, they're gonna be like no oh way. this looks like the olivia rodrigo life <laughs> yeah. well maybe like, that's what pissed courtney off well but, but uh, that's why i think she should say like her. everyone's gonna see this and think of her and like no i mean that's what <laughs> like, she that's... hopes probably well i think olivia rodrigo helped her in that sense because it's like now people have something like a reference here you know like yeah. oh you know i can listen to this yeah yeah, that's just three 16 year olds probably like Hall now that didn't like a week ago. That's good. I, li- I like yeah. Hall. That's, that's fine. I just I, hope like another I, Il Duce didn't show up at Olivia's house now. Oh, no. <laughs> well, she killed him too. So, oh, oh yeah. But no, like, no, you know. if she, during this concert, if she covered a Hall song, would Courtney Love be angry at that too? Because she's basically like, she's covering an album cover. It's not like she's denying that there's a connection. So, like, how is it different from I don't understand. I just feel like we see this kind of thing all the time and it's not yeah. usually like a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's a clear homage. Yeah. So why what make what what makes this photo different from all other photos? <laughs> she didn't give credit. She wants credit. She's very uh, credit oriented. Got it. But maybe she would have if she had been given the chance before Courtney jumped on it right away. Because like she's in well, the looks Instagram like said- comments, right? Yeah, she's saying she's sending flowers. So, we'll keep you posted. Metal Injection live cast stars. Don't worry, we will keep you up to date on the feud of the century. (laughs) Um, yeah, Courtney Love is fucked up and has been for as long as I can remember. So, and then like a few weeks ago, she said some crazy shit about uh, Trent Reznor and Dave Grohl, which I don't even really want to repeat. Uh, Oh. But uh, you have to now. Yeah. Oh, all Fucking right. Teaser right there. Well, she's. Do you want she's... me to say it so you didn't repeat it? <laughs> yeah, do that. Sure, do it. So she said that uh, Dave Grohl and, and Chris Novoselic were taking advantage of a contract that she signed in grief right after Kurt died, and that she was going to contest it in court. But more damningly, she said that she and everyone in whole had seen Trent Reznor and multiple members of his crew abused girls as young as 12. And then like 24 hours later, she took that. 
Yeah, she said, I need to apologize for my recent post. It was insensitive and it was wrong. No matter how I feel, there are real people behind my words and I need to learn to be more responsible with my words. I am truly sorry for those I've hurt and I will do better. And then she picked on Olivia Rodrigo instead. Yeah, yeah she picked yeah, on the 12-year-old herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but honestly, like, I don't doubt that Nine Inch Nails at some point or somebody in their crew did stuff like that because they were a touring rock band in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. And that happens a lot. So, all right. But she probably was just like, you know, they could like like her lawyer or whatever. was like, you know, they could sue you for saying that. Right. Like unless you have actual evidence. (laughs) She's like, oh, no. okay, let me take it back. I don't want to get sued. (laughs) You know what? That's a great point. But it's probably probably true. I mean, you probably say that about Uh, most bands of that era. And it's probably true. Yeah, maybe. Different right. times, though. Very uplifting conversation here. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> it's the heat wave. Mm. Yeah, my whole apartment just browned out. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah, but like the light kept getting darker. I turned off my AC. So Take the way. shirt off. Get comfortable. Come on. Hey, man. You got to subscribe to my Patreon for that. <laughs> <laughs> and by Patreon, I mean... Only fans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have some subscribers, I bet. Yeah, I think what, you would. When are we getting our OnlyFans off the ground? What's going on, Rob? Dragging our feet here. Yeah. Gonna miss the I'm, window. I'm too shy. Well, let's let's lighten the mood a little with uh, some sports talk. I don't know if you guys keep up with the Tour de France. <laughs> it's pronounced France. Oh, I Dor- thought you said, Tour, I thought, Tour de France. Oh, Attila. It's, I'm sorry, Rob. I, I, I thought I thought you said uh, I thought you said sports for a second. I'm nah. sorry. So we're gonna do bicycling instead. Bi- cycling isn't a sport. <laughs> ah, you know, like you. real sports. I'm talking about. <laughs> well, so a a uh, a spectator. You know, I feel like this happens in baseball all the time. A fan tries to catch a ball. Sometimes it, it, it becomes a problem, right? Because it, it could have been caught and then like the, the yeah. spectator catches this it. This isn't even that. So it, just to be just really quickly, if that happens, is that a home run? If the, if the spectator pulls the ball and if it's they, like. Oh, if they reach into the playing area and prevent a fielder from catching the ball, then it's not a home run. If they uh, take the ball away from the fielder while the fielder's uh, reaching into the stands, then it is a home run. Yeah. So, like, if the the fielder goes out of the playing area to try to get the ball, he's allowed to do that, but the fans are allowed to fuck with them once they cross that line. So if the fielder is jumping up in center field and his hand Mm -hmm. is now in the fan area and he's yes. past, past the fan area the fan can then grab the ball out of his uh, thing and it's a home run yes. wow i didn't know that that's that's all awesome. who that... is invading whose space yeah has that happened it happens more as a foul ball uh, yeah. because right. usually usually the home run area is not accessible like the fi- the stands where the fans are in the home run area is not that close where that could happen, but it happens fairly often, like uh, reasonably often in the foul stands. Right. So then it would be a foul, right? If yes. the fan, right. Okay. I understood. Okay. So this is not that, but maybe a little similar. Here we go. So a spectator held the sign. She's like posing for a picture. Oh, gosh. People falling down. And so basically, one one cyclist. 
Uh, is that guy okay, by the way? The cyan guy? Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> one cyclist falls over, and then it leads to essentially an entire crash. Like, like dozens of cyclists fall over. Here's the, uh, here's the, here's the fallout. Yes. This is it. Good and everyone's God. like, yeah, what the hell? Uh, See, this is why cyclists need to practice social distancing. <laughs> oh, my God. So what did they do? Start over? Like, what, if, since everyone fell? Well, those just... first few people were lucky they didn't fall. So I don't know. <sighs> that seems like a rough way to determine who wins. This. I can't just... believe the guy with the sign isn't just running right now. <laughs> well, I, I believe it was a lady, and I believe that the Tour de France is now suing her. Oh, okay. But she oh, should have wow. just got on a bike and pretended to be in the race. All the bikes oh, are free God. now. Right? <laughs> the aerial shot is even better. Yeah, it's the best. <sighs> Boom. It just all stops. Everyone. <laughs> oh, but people are still going. So is that like a DQ? Like this? Let me look up what happened. <laughs> yeah, it should invalidate the whole fucking thing. Why oh, oh the, the spectator see. fled the country. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good. She's only allowed to do that because of Brexit. No, I don't know. Uh, this is just delightful. If your entire competition could be brought to its knees by this, then come on. That really isn't a sport at that point. You know, I have to say, when I was growing up, my mother was very into watching the Tour de France and also like the New York Marathon and things okay. like that, right? And I would sometimes pop in and watch it with her when she happened to be watching, you know. And I can honestly say, in my entire life, this is the most interesting thing that ever happened. <laughs> Tour de France. Like, Facts. it is so fucking boring. It's I mean, just, of the actual competition, yes. The Lance Armstrong, like, the behind-the-scenes insanity right. of that was interesting, but that wasn't the actual sport. He's that was like... Watching a guy ride a bike. Yeah. Gives a fuck. And yeah, we get a no drama certain there. color shirt. And I can say that I appreciate their athleticism. Like, I don't mean to belittle the talent that it takes to, to do this, but it's just boring to watch. Like, I don't... Yeah. How do you sit there and watch that on television? So when a bunch of them fall down like bowling pins, that's <laughs> fucking great. It's the best. So I want to say the it it did not stop. They did not restart it. Wow! Like someone end, ended up winning with with blood coming down from their. <laughs> it the looked like a small little gash. <laughs> just been mm. through a fucking zombie. They've been through Dawn of the Dead. They just <laughs> rode through a. Is the guy? Ball. Is the guy who caused the pilot like on the ground alive? After being so. run over by seven hundred bicycles. Yeah, there's no there's no yeah. mention of any death or it's just bicycles. It's not like it's cars or anything. And they all weigh like I, ninety pounds a piece. Those but guys. you wouldn't want all of them on top of you at once. You wouldn't want to be at the bottom of that pile. Of... I mean, depends on some people the have weird fetishes. Well, check, Ted's got his thing. Fair enough. The metal injection live cast only fans for a that's right. Twenty pilot. <laughs> Rob, god damn it. We're working on it. Oh, at the metal injection only fans, we're always up. <laughs> Except not literally on the website is not up. Yeah. But everything else. Yeah, so that that's some fun sports talk. Sports, yeah. sports, sports. It's a couple weeks in a row we had sports talk, right? Last yeah. week with the 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 baseball player whose pastor was having an affair with his wife. Yeah. As soon as Noah leaves, we start doing sports All ball. of a sudden. Next week, we're going to do MMA re recaps. Oh, she likes that, though. 
Maybe she'll come back for that then. We'll see. What else is going on in the world? <laughs> Um, oh, uh, uh, Axel, I actually want to get your opinion. Uh, something we've been talking about on the show uh, these last few weeks is, of course, David Ellison and <laughs> leaving the band uh, for, you know, some reasons. Oh, he didn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your take on Dave Mustaine uh, firing David Ellison? Total <laughs> fucking duclaw. Do you think he did it because of the, the sex tape leak or he was just looking for an excuse? The second thing. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be the consensus with like everyone I've spoken to is that there was already something amiss and this was just like convenient. Um, what do you think David Ellison could have possibly done to piss off Dave Mustaine? Like he seems like the the last like, for a raise. <laughs> mm. oh that's a good point yeah see that's something uh, we talked about uh a few weeks ago as well you know day uh ellison was essentially uh a a session player he wasn't an equal partner in the band the band is strictly dave mustaine and he hires like hired guns and when ellison came back in the band he had to agree to that and, and that was like he had so little going on you know he was just like all right i guess and, and it was great for his career He's the session, the session player that managed to never piss off Dave Mustaine for 30 years. The one guy. Well, there were there was a bit where he sued him and they had oh, to get over yeah. that. Yeah, when, when he originally left the band, there was a big lawsuit. Oh. I see, I need like just like the Chris Holmes documentary. I need something to fill me in on all these uh, things about horrible people. That's what yeah, I, I think there was a lawsuit. I think I think it was more like Mustaine said, like, we're done. And then when he relaunched the band is when the lawsuit started. I might be mistaken. Oh, hold on. Let me look it up. But I think what? he restarted the band without Ellison. And that was when Ellison was like, hey, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, it's so funny because the, the first headline is Dave Mustaine looks back on David Ellison's $18.5 million lawsuit. He got his ass handed to him in public. <laughs> so. I feel like we've talked about that quote before. That's yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Are we sure this whole got, thing wasn't a setup for Ellison to just get the fuck out of there? Well, okay. So in February, Ellison was interviewed and he said the whole thing uh, was because of a lack of direct communication. There was a new manager and they were all trying to impress the client. So they're doing whatever the blah, 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 blah. So he's saying they never got a chance to talk to each other. They were only talking through intermediaries, which is why he went to sue him. That's what everybody always says, though. Yeah. Like, right. that's what Guns N' Roses said. That's what Misfits said. Like, everybody always blames the lawyers. Mm -hmm. Anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I we're going to find... Also, Ellison converted, right? Or, like, stepped up his Christianity game a lot. Yeah, he's a that. pastor. Yeah. I remember on the Megadeth cruise or like one of these Megadeth like retreats or whatever that they would do. One of the draws was that there was be like a morning sermon with David Ellison. <laughs> oh, you're right. I completely forgot about what the fuck. That was the one where you could like sleep on Dave Mustaine's lawn. What? Yes. Yes. I, okay. Now I remember it was a retreat at his house in like San Diego, <laughs> somewhere in California that he, it was impossible to sell this property that he had forever. And so he decided to set up a retreat with 
glamping. It was like oh, we definitely talked about this on the okay. show. Uh, uh, it was like fancier tents, but you're basically sleeping in his backyard. And like you get the privilege of watching a concert in their backyard and like hanging out with him for an hour and having dinner and, and what. Yeah, I think you get to be in the room when he eats. No, you watch the concert on a screen. I'm not going anywhere near these filthy people. <laughs> Um, yeah, that door, was maybe. bonkers. Did anyone do that? I wonder if it, they must. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure some people. But it didn't happen again, which is what makes me suspicious. Maybe mm-hmm. finally sold the property. Oh, maybe. Well, that. Well, maybe then they were like, "Well, let's do a cruise now," and then oh, okay, that whole thing happened. He was Dave was like, "What if we didn't do this at my house?" Yeah. Yeah, what if we do it on the, literally anywhere else? Literally anywhere else. <laughs> Even the open water, I don't care. Just not at my house. Can we drown them? <laughs> <laughs> uh well august 20th is the first date of their tour kicks off in austin texas megadeth lamb of god trivium and flames so that's when we're going to find out i mean i want to say that's when we're going to find out when who the new bassist of megadeth is but it might just be a session guy for the tour he also said they're going to re-record ellison's parts for the new album and that Which, he wasn't sure yet if the if that would just be a session player or the new edition. That to me says that like whatever it was, Dave is like mad. <laughs> you know, like he is not he doesn't even want him getting any fucking royalties. Yeah. No extra money from the band. You know, he's like completely cutting him. It's because, you know, to say that, that's a big like that's a lot of money to have to go in and and record yeah. new tracks it's just not base i mean but still but a lot of no, money no. saved that you're not paying ellison that you're paying someone who gets a smaller cut so it I might cancel right. out i didn't mean it's just the base like it's not a lot of work i meant it's just the base like you could really leave it if you didn't really hate this guy unless of a deal. there's another possibility if you want to get really conspiratorial yes, yes of course uh that the act, the initial allegations that Ellison had groomed someone and that she might have been underage are, are true and Mustaine knows it. And he's like, I can't have this dude on my record. I mean, well, better safe than sorry. Look, it's the, the thing. The thing about the report is it only said that she was 19 at the time of their first sexual interaction. So if they were talking for two years, she was definitely under. But like to me, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, I mean, in the sense of like, you think age is only a number. It should be fine no matter what the age. It's, is what no, I think I think the other way. Like, even if it's legal, it's still inappropriate. Like, uh, for a sixty-year-old man to be camming with a nineteen-year-old girl, uh, there's something something not quite right there. I think what's inappropriate is just that a sixty-year-old man knows how to do that at all. Without having to ask his own nineteen-year-old children how to set it up for him, yeah, and he did. did. That was Imagine how mistake. that kid feels. <laughs> like this is why I did tech support for you, Dad. Come yeah. on. I'm just asking for Sorry. a friend. So. Yeah. Look, I, I want to be fair. He's only fifty-six. He's not sixty. Oh. The, the, the four years. Wow, he's the same day. exact age as Courtney Love. <laughs> oh, no. oh my God. These are why can't the, <laughs> Why can't the two of them be camming? Oh. I mean, they probably could, but you want you don't want that. Do you well, think he, uh, Ellison had eyeliner on when he was crying after getting kicked out of Megadeth? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I think he originally met her on Omegle, and then uh, uh. things went from there. <laughs> she got him on the camming. They met at a signing, apparently, and then they started oh, communicating God. through social media. Did the video which... get out? Do we know? 
What's that? How did the video get out? A friend of hers uh, posted it allegedly. Well, well she claims she sent it? she sent it. She recorded it. The the uh, his sex video uh-huh. partner recorded it without his consent, okay. and then she sent it to a few friends as a goof. And I guess one of the friends got upset and started calling him a. Uh, whatever she did and then uh and then leaked the videos which is against the law which then at that point she committed a crime because uh that is a revenge porn law Mm -hmm. so and he is uh he's going out there and he's pursuing this so that should be interesting well he's got to do something right i don't to me i feel like pursuing it just keeps it in the news and uh like gets more details out than makes him look bad. So like, why, why do that and not just like move on and forget about it? Maybe we all, we also don't know like what's going on behind the scenes with him and his family. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It could just, I can't imagine how his wife and his kids feel. His kids are apparently all older than this girl. (laughs) Yeah. Uh huh. They're in their twenties. Yeah. So that's gotta be awkward time you find out a parent had an affair it's awkward mm-hmm. i don't know it that the age worse. like i mean i think they're just probably pissed off that dad i think it mom. makes it worse i mean it makes yeah. it worse but it's bad either way yeah I'm, like they're like it. man it w- i'd be okay with it if the the person you cheated with was 52 yeah if it was no. Lena ford fine but oh the 19 God. year old no it's a super group certainly nobody could have accused him of doing any grooming if she'd been 52 <laughs> i mean it's grooming a different part of the person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't trying to make that joke, but you probably did a better job of it. I mean, if he helped her download the Zoom program and told her how to use it, that's a kind of grooming. Sure. <laughs> he sent it's her the zooming. link. Just wait till it turns out it was Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, no. Oh, we're just going to go full circle now. She's his next. Uh, well, the, you know, be like, I had video sex with David Ellison first. That's my <laughs> fucking note. They can have a, a pay-per-view MMA match. Well, you know, the Olivia Rodrigo <laughs> album is about a painful breakup, so it could just be about Ellison. And now I have to go back and listen to the album with that in mind. <laughs> God. This is how rumors get started. Rumors, another great album. Heart, wonderful. Or no, that's not hard. <laughs> Jack, yeah, that's 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 damn it. Back. Damn it. Heart. Come on. Close. <laughs> wow. What was their album? I, uh, they had a few. Oh, right? Rob. They're wonderful. <laughs> Let me live. Let me live. All right. Well, speaking of music, why don't we talk about the music that we all picked for our... Um, oh. Our Metal Injection Livecast music break. Every week we pick, we each pick a track. We add it to our Spotify playlist. Just search Metal Injection Livecast uh, music break or Metal Injection Livecast. It'll come up. And of course, our podcast is also on Spotify. It's on everywhere fine podcasts are delivered. So uh, I'll kick it off. My pick is uh, Nine Inch Nails down in it. Sometimes in my car, uh, if I don't, uh, if I'm not playing an album, it'll just randomly shuffle my music library. And this came up and I'm just like, oh, this is a fucking great song. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I'd put it on the, on the playlist. So that's my pick. Bit. I'm down in it. 
Now I'm down in it. So, uh, Darren, what did you pick? I picked a Pop Digma Berserk uh, doing a cover. Bless of you. Metallica. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, fade to Black uh, because it was suggested in the Discord by Jander, our patron. Oh. And it was so good. I really liked it a lot. I usually hear so many bands, like we talked about Metallica doing that covers yes. uh, thing, and so many of them suck ass. Like Metallica is such a cliche band to do a cover of. And when I hear one that's actually good and puts a new spin on it, I love it. So uh, I picked it. I put it on the playlist. Thank you, Jander. Sydney. Uh, to continue the 90s classic rock revisited trend, I picked uh, Blow Up the Outside World by Soundgarden, which is a song I hadn't thought about in like 20 years. But I was binging the show Rutherford Falls on Peacock and the best episode of the season ends climactically with that song. And it was the first time I'd even thought about that song in forever. And I was like, Oh, this is a really good fucking song. I'm going to, I'm going to put that on the playlist. Good show. Yeah. I liked it. Good. Not right. great, but good. Good for a binge. And Matt, uh, Axel, what did you, uh, <laughs> second time already? Yes. <laughs> shit. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> Uh, what did I choose? Pyrocene by Gengistron. It's from the new, newish Gengistron album, Dream Weapon. Uh, I love the band. The album's very different from their older stuff. And I just want as many people to hear it as possible. Yeah, it's really good. I really like the album as well. Uh, it has my two thumbs up. What's your well. favorite song on it, Rob? Uh, uh, Pyrocene, definitely. <laughs> the one that Matt picked. <laughs> God damn it. Almost there. Actually, I like the last track. I thought it was like a good ambient closer. Fleetwood it's like the, the, the weirdest one of, of, of all of them. The whole thing's really good, I think. But yeah, uh, it's a good like, gets things get gets the party going with a with a bang. Uh, uh, Darren brought up the Metallica covers. We talked about it a little last week. I think it's a cool idea, uh, Axel. What do what, what do you think about this like hundred covers thing? Or 53. Uh, when I first heard about it, I thought it was a terrible idea. Now that I've started hearing the covers, I'm like, oh, okay. I thought everyone was going to do these like rote recreations, like the opposite of what Darren was saying. And it feels like people are putting their own spin on things so far. Uh, and you like that. And I like that. Yeah. Uh, I wish that they had divvied the songs up better so that there weren't 15,000 versions of Sad But True and like one through the never or whatever it is, but I get it. Like you're asking I people to do something. How do you tell them they can't play Interstand? Yeah, I, I assume it's just the artists picked what yeah. songs they wanted to cover. I get it. It just seems like it would have been cool to have spread the love around. There's yeah. good songs yeah. on that album that don't get played every 15 seconds. Yeah, and um, uh, Axel and I have a, a connection to the Black Album in that we used to do a booth at Comic-Con, and we basically found that, initially we found that like, oh, the only metal that will actually draw anybody to our table is Metallica, and then eventually refine that to realize it's actually only the Black Album wow. that gets the, the best amount. Of, and as ridiculous as it sounds, like we would put on the Black Album and immediately like three people, four people would swarm the booth. Like it, it worked every time to the point that we would only have the Black Album on, on loop. Oh and it was miserable. There were years. Yeah, it's been years. I've only 
last week went back <laughs> and listened to the Black Album. And it's been a few years since we've done a Comic-Con booth because I was so traumatized. Uh, I'm in the same yeah. boat. I, I just listened to it for the first time since whenever we did our last Comic-Con booth. Because I was like, I can't. I can't with this shit. There's some, there's some deep cut bangers on there that really don't yeah. uh, don't get enough airplay i think like what was known as side b in my day is fucking awesome and like that's the shit that nobody really seems to talk about jaren what was your take on the on the black album we were talking about how you went back and listened uh i just it's like a mixed bag to me it's like uh there's some classic like great iconic songs and there's a lot of filler that is boring to me like the last two songs to me are just complete like you could have cut the album off after track 10 and that would have been a perfectly good album and they just wanted to fill 75 minutes of time or whatever it is you know uh but Wait, like, you know we're talking about so, the black album and not load right so hold on so <laughs> so i like you don't like load more than i like the black album you don't like the really struggle like within or my friend of misery no I mean, my, my friend, friend of misery, misery is awesome. I it's think. a good riff. It's a just a, it's just a good riff and just a repetitive riff. And the lyrics like make no sense, really. It just seems like uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. What can I tell you? Well, what, 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 like, don't tread on me. I, I was another one that I remember you saying that, like, it's yeah, well, maybe, went, maybe well, the cheesiest song. It's not a horrible song, but it just went from, you know, like a like a, a song. Like their previous album was. You know, if you go to war, you're going to come back as a quadriplegic or with your limbs cut off and banging your head against the wall to do Morse code to tell people to kill you. <laughs> and now it's like USA, like, don't, you know, don't don't fuck with America. Like, how did that happen? In like It's weird years? for sure. But it's also still a really catchy song. So. It is. It's a catchy song. It's also weird that it opens with west side with a like a piece of west side story. Yeah. What, what was that? About? It's like such a bizarre choice that has other than the theme of America really has nothing to do with that subject in hand. And that song is like the, the, the lyrics of that song are like kind of counter to yeah. what they're saying in the song, because that yep. song is kind of taking a big dump on America. It's uh, Puerto Ricans yeah. arguing why, whether America is good or bad. It, it's a weird decision all around. Yeah. Really? What? So can I, can I ask you to talk up my friend of misery and like what, what you love about it? Oh, I don't My friend of misery. Sorry. I just think the entire album, like the reason that that album, that the black album is this iconic thing is because it's just insanely catchy from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And that's all. I mean, my friend of misery isn't my favorite song on the album, but I'm not like, oh, I wish this wasn't even here. Like, I like my friend of misery a lot. What's the last one? Struggle Within. Struggle Within, I don't, I guess I would more lean towards what you're saying, but Mm. I would still take it over anything on anything that Metallica made for the following 25 years. I don't know. I think their last album is like actually really good. Like I love it. Okay. But until then, yeah. But when did that come out? 2016? Yeah. Okay. So that's 25 years in between. (laughs) That's a long fucking time. And it's not like they weren't making albums then. They were churning shit out. It was all really bad in my opinion. <laughs> I think so. it's a, it, it, I, I just always qualify my critiques of Metallica with saying that even the bad shit that they've done, like I find something in it to like, you know, like even St. Anger. I, I've, they've, Rob and Sid made fun of me on this show 
many times because I, I say there are strong like nuggets of songs there that just never went through the normal production process of any <laughs> band that would take a few seconds to actually produce the album. I agree. There's like some good riffs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the production's terrible. Everything's too long. Everything everyone has said. I, I feel like uh, I feel like both Load and uh, and um, Hardwired have both jumped ahead of the Black album for me. Like I re- I listened back wow. to it recently, and it's just there's like three or four, maybe five great songs on there, and the rest of it just drags to me. Like it's just boring. It's and like then you hear boring. "Ain't My Bitch," and you're like, "Yeah, this is my it, jam." Well, that's a little unfair because "Ain't My Bitch" is like easily the worst song on that album, and it sucks. But I feel like as a if we're looking at a, a aggregation of both albums, like I feel like on average, "Load" is better. It's just deeper. Like I feel like more introspective songs, and some of them don't work as great. But I think I feel like as a whole piece of art, it's just a better. It's just a better album. What's the best song on the album? Bleeding if me. I think is the best song on. Isn't that. "Ain't My Bitch" like a staple of their live shows? Don't people like generally I don't like think that? So. No, I have to, they didn't play it on the Hardwired tour when oh, I was. Yeah, I, I think thought that was Fuel a pretty popular is. song. Fuel, Fuel is sure. definitely the one, okay. they, which is on. That's Reload. But. Yeah, if that's I'm not, one of their biggest hits. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, I feel like Fuel is the only song from either Load that they play right at all. Uh, they play Hero of the Day sometimes. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, until it sleeps, I feel is probably in their set list. And King Nothing. I think Load is the oh, yeah, start King of. Nothing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, King Nothing is the only song I like from the album. I I think Load is the start of uh, them like starting to not give a shit and play what they felt like playing and then it went like the pendulum swung too far to like when saint anger came out then it's like or maybe you should start giving a shit a little bit you know and then they needed a little while to remember how to give a shit <laughs> yeah. so it took a few more albums to actually well, get I, uh saint anger i didn't like the one after what was it uh yeah, death magnetic death magnetic i thought was all right it was in the right direction <laughs> i liked it and then and then uh i i actually really liked hardwired i thought i think it's a good album I it was one of my favorites of the year. Death of Magnetic year. is like it's good. Yeah. Death Magnetic is this basically the same thing I said just said about Edder Sandman. I mean uh, about the Black album, which is that there's like a few memorable, really good tunes on there and a lot of shit. Like a lot of shit, but worse, way worse than like the Black album's just boring. Like but to me there's no real bad songs on there. It's just boring. And then it, it spikes and then there's really good parts. And then it's boring again. Is it and boring because it's boring or because you've heard it so much? I was bored by it when I first heard okay. it. Like the, but I, I think I sort of like maybe deluded myself. And I was like, well, I'm a big Metallica fan. I was like 17 years old, so I have to like this. But mm. I think as I age, I, I, I sort of get more in touch with my real feelings about it. But okay. Death Magnetic has just a lot of pure garbage on it. Like, there's a lot of shit. That's my lifestyle determines my death style, right? No, that's St. Anger. No, oh, Saint damn it. Never mind. <laughs> I just figured the death and the death style. It must be along with you flush it out and flush it out. (laughs) Oh my God. And frantic tick, 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 tock. Well, one of the things that I love about, about Metallica is the, like the lyrics, like the lyric is a big component to their songs and the lyrics on saying anger, like there's a few hidden gems in there, but there's just a lot of inanity. It's just like raw screaming at yourself and like stupidity. See, I always thought Hetfield was a shitty lyricist. Think so? Yeah. So, like, I always like I always loved Metallica, but I was just mm-hmm. like, 
I don't find meaning in this year. And it varies. Like I'm willing to completely willing to admit that. Like there, he has, yeah. he can bomb. I think in a sense he's sort of like a lyrical savant. Like I think he doesn't completely know what he's doing, and some Makes good sense. stuff comes out. A lot of good stuff comes out, and then a lot of sometimes shit comes out. That's a good sign that somebody's just getting it from the ether, and there's no like real process there. Yeah. I believe there's no process there. <laughs> Drinking well, I'm... was the process, <laughs> but then it's less the process. I guess now there's still some. Yeah. Of it. I have a feeling we're gonna hear some new Metallica very soon. You like, mean like original songs and not covers and not yeah? Stuff? I mean they they've been writing they 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 haven't uh, kept it a secret that you know through the pandemic they would jam and they're not doing anything else so they have to have songs kind of that they're kicking around that are pretty far along. No, they kick and dogs. I think we're still songs. like five years away from the next Metallica album. I don't know. I, well, like right now, obviously they're just focused on this box set, and I guess that's right. probably going to take them through the end of the year. So maybe early, uh, early next year or in the summer of next year. Been Dude, five years. Awesome. It's hard to believe. Yeah, that's true. There's a song on Death Magnetic that there's like a completely different version of that I saw them play live like a year before the album came out. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like they seem to. It seems to be a long process for them. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, and uh, I think like they did that song, like uh, Lords of Summer. Is that the, that's one the song? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because they put that out a year or two before the album came out. And then, yeah, it was. They totally used the riff and in a different song. Oh, really? Yeah. They used the same riff from Lords of Summer. They just they changed everything else. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I don't even think that. I think that's ended up being like a bonus track. It's not even an official part of the, the album. Yeah, sounds right. I thought it was I'm like uh, fading into this background here. All right. So uh, that's our music break. What else we got going on, fellas? You tell me. Well, today uh, there was a story where, uh, you know, Sammy Hagar, he's been uh, a bit loose tongued, decide to give David Lee Roth a piece of his mind. Oh, I thought you were going to say he wrote a song called Fuck Trump. <laughs> no, he probably likes Trump. He wrote a I rap called Fuck Trump. <laughs> oh, rap is not a song, is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, he's old, he's he's white, and he's rich. So yeah. he's likely to be a Republican. Well, there's some there's some funny quotes in here. So credit to Blabbermouth for transcribing. But uh so he was asked to now personally, I prefer david lee roth any day i don't even really listen to sammy hager van halen it doesn't it never it felt too dad rock to me i'm not i, I don't know how do you guys feel about hager van halen i hadn't listened to it in years and when eddie died like revisited a lot of it for the first time and like i think dad rock is a good word for it i don't think yeah. I, I think i feel about it the way darren feels about the black album i don't think a lot of it's bad but i find most of it pretty boring with a yeah. couple of exceptions yeah. yeah, that's a fair. It's yeah, just not like as I, fun. Yeah. Yeah, the old stuff is so fun. And and the earlier you get, the raw, the rawer it is. And it's so dirty. And like, I really love like the faster stuff too. So once they get into the more ballady stuff, I'm kind of checked out. 
Also, it's really very clear that they were, it was music that's consciously made to get on the radio, which I'm not against, by the way. Like, I, that's fine. But the fact that it's the same band that was Van Halen, that I feel had that raw energy that you described, the fact that it's the same band, you can't help but compare the two things, you know? Yeah. And uh, the thing is, though, and we've covered this on the show, David Lee Roth's voice is gone. G-O-N-E, gone. It is not coming back. He cannot sing. It is a bigger, uh, uh, maybe an equal waste of money to go in to see Motley Crue at this point. Because- I was going to say I heard it elope with Vince Neil's voice. <laughs> they bought a retirement chair. Good. They should oh. both go far away from where anyone can hear them. Yeah, yeah I bet whereas- David Lee Roth's cameo would be fantastic. That's true. He, he has that over Vince Neil. Uh, and I will say though, Sammy Hagar's voice still still goes strong from the the random live like Van, Eddie Van Halen tributes I've seen. He still has his voice. Uh, so credit to him for that. So uh, and he is not one to be uh, uh, to be hiding that fact because he was recently interviewed. Uh, he being Sammy Hagar was interviewed by uh, a Brazilian show called Inside with Paulo Baron. Thank you for not trying to put on an accent when you said that. Paulo Baron. I was going to say, as soon as you said that, he's going to do it now. Inside with Paulo Baron. I don't know why it's Italian. He's Mario. He's not even Italian. He's... (laughs) (laughs) Mario and Hoist. It's my favorite video game. (laughs) Paolo Brothers. So uh, he goes, uh, David Lee Roth is a real character. He's a showman. He's all show. I enjoy him, but you talk about cringing. I can't imagine how he feels when he looks at some of these old videos, the way he's dancing and moving and the way he's singing live sometimes. I don't know how he feels about that, but I don't think he cares. The difference between him and I is I sincerely care. I care about everything I do and I care about how it affects people and I care what they think. Than this part of him. I care that it touches them and it makes them happy. And what's important to me is enlightening and enlightening and elevating people spiritually and making them happy and making them have big dreams, making them want to be better themselves. And that's my goal with everything I do. And David is against all those things. Can we go back and read the lyrics to that song he uh, in that super group he was in, that Soap on a Rope song? Chicken. Talk about how enlightening and uplifting those lyrics are. Please. Deep you can spiritual. go back way earlier than that. I can't drive 55. At least that's a specific <laughs> message. That's a rebellious message. Fair. Fair. Soap on a Rope is just, I don't know what that is. Got money, got fame. Fast cars and everything. Yeah. I, is this the right song? <laughs> I think so. I so want to light. I want to dance. I want to sing rock, soul, blues. Sing anything to you. Hey, dude. For a long time, they didn't have that. Yeah, and the song just wasn't working. And then Sammy was like, "I got it. <laughs> I got a woman. She fine too. Let me do anything that I want to do. Oh, got it all. Still want more? Come on, baby. Show me what I'm looking for. Don't forget to bring your rocking shoes." Grab a toothbrush, soap, and a comb. Pick up a little taste. Get your favorite buzz on, and you can leave the rest at home. Whoa! <laughs> get your soap up and get your buzz on. On a bus, on a plane. What is this fucking green eggs and ham? In a car, subterranean freight train. Green eggs and Sam. <laughs> Episode title. 
<laughs> I'm in a room. I got. Oh, oh my God. This kid, this can't be the right song, right? This is. Not, I think this... it's that's it. He oh, said okay. so. Are there multiple chicken foot songs <laughs> where he talks about soap? That was the know. name. I forgot that chicken foot is the name. That's right. Yeah, oh the lyric, God. the lyric page I was looking at didn't have the name of the band on it, so I thought <laughs> I was just reading the wrong song. But wow, okay. <laughs> and that, so, why does he say, "I'm in a room, I got funk talking, hot damn p funk"? Why does he say p funk? Why does he say any of that? <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. now. I'm gonna look up if like, it's right. Is it like uh, Parliament Funkadelic played on the song or something? I mean, maybe yeah, he's just talking about that's what he was listening to when yeah, he was writing right this. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's bad. Yeah. He's just bringing happiness to people. <laughs> Wait, the last verse, though, or the penultimate verse, excuse me, is mm. the best part. Uh, Darren, I think you should read it. <laughs> the, the last, the, so after that, okay. The, the penultimate. Okay. No, no, no. Scroll all the way down the second to last verse. Oh, I see. Is this uh, was give me the first line that you want me to read? Get it. Uh, I just says get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> yow, watch it, yow. <laughs> Holy fuck! That's very I profound. mean, we're all uplifted right now. Look, we're all smiling. So I guess mission accomplished. I mean, it's no so, James Hetfield. So it's like, like, it's like Sammy Hagar and the Dalai Lama. <laughs> oh, get your buzz on. Oh, yeah. Get your buzz on. Oh, yeah. Get your buzz on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I just love getting it. Get it. <sighs> so back to the quote, you know, making them want to be better themselves. That's why I go with everything I do to bring people to is that is to bring that to people and change their life if I can. I don't think he cares about anything like that. And that's the difference between our presence. He's very much into himself, very much into being the showman, and he doesn't really care. I don't know what he cares about. I really don't. I don't know him. I have no idea who the guy is. I don't think anyone does. But he entertains me. I enjoy watching him do stupid shit. Jesus. He, said, he goes on, the first thing I say is I look at him and I think, wow. He's a strange person. He's a strange character. He's not saying what he's saying he is. He's pretending. He's totally bullshit. Everything he does is thought up and it's an image. It's nothing to do with who he is. He's not exposing who and what he is. And I know this for a fact. I knew that the first time I saw him. I said, this guy's putting on an image. He's putting on a show. He goes back to his home, goes to his house. He's a whole different guy. Nothing to do with the guy you see on stage. He's not honest about his image and performance. Who gives a fuck? Like, I'd rather a guy be an entertaining character than show us who he really is. And there's literally nothing there, which is what Sammy Hayes is. Yeah, I, I, the impression that Gene Simmons never takes that makeup off. <laughs> and it's just like spitting blood at random intervals throughout the day. <laughs> like, what is this? It's show business, man. Yeah, for real, so, and then with, with the weirdest thing about all of this is that the next passage of a quote is that like, I don't want to cause trouble. No, no, I want no. I want the entire Van Halen legacy to be remembered, even his part. It's like, so why are you bad mouthing him? Unprovoked. Even his part? Yeah. Unreal. Even fuck you, dude. Wow. <laughs> oh, sorry. He didn't say it like that. I want he, l l let me quote him uh, uh properly. Okay. okay. Uh uh ba -ba 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 -ba. 
uh, after Eddie's death, I feel I, after Eddie's death, I feel once again, he's part of the Van Halen legacy and he's important. What? Like he wasn't once a again. Legacy? Yeah. What? So I wouldn't want to ruin anything to do with what he brought to that legacy. I want Van Halen to go down as one of the greatest rock bands of all time, but not just my era, Dave's era as well. <laughs> I want to have be, an era. If not yeah, yeah, exactly. Very weird quotes here, but it's good to be old, rich, and drunk. Also, like he's talking about how he likes to help people and stuff. Wasn't David Lee Roth an EMT for a while? Oh yeah, that's true. He was literally helping people. Yeah, <laughs> great point. That's that's who he is when he's yeah. Not but you open up EMT. a bar in a third world country, charging first world prices and and, and co opting the the region's alcohol and exporting it for yeah. his own profit. I think not. Yeah. He spent a lot of time figuring out how to make sure that the lime slices in their Coronas at Cabo are <laughs> are just right. Yeah. I guess I should, uh, Mexico isn't a third world country. That's that's no, fair to say. But, but at least he didn't uh, say it in a Mexican accent. But he didn't open his resort there because it was more expensive than the United yeah. States. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Fuck so, Sammy Hagar. It's very weird. I don't like, why, know. Like, why even do it? Like, why not? Yeah. yeah, why say this? It'd be one thing if, like, like at least David Lee Roth knows not to say, like, he's not saying anything. Did you explain know. what question was asked of him that brought this on, or did he just start talking about David Lee Roth on his own? He was asked... Uh, That's the weather. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> he was asked about the differences between himself and Roth as a vocalist, I and see. it just went off. He didn't really say much about vocals in any of that. I guess he was more focused more on uh, on stage presence and off stage presence. Still asking him about well, well, the he did say him and David Lee Roth. Yeah, he did say his voice hasn't aged well. Hasn't? Yeah, I mean, he's right. I'm not good to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I'll say it. Fair enough. David I don't know. The last time I saw Van Halen, whenever that was, he was fine. Like it was good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Sammy Hagar's no, no, no. voice. Oh, Dave's voice was good. Yeah. So, yeah. how does Gary Sharon feel about all this? That's what I want to know. Where's he? Did anybody ask him? To which Hagar <laughs> replied, "Who?" Yeah. He's writing this article. Oh, no. <laughs> he works for BuzzFeed now. He did the transcription for Blabbermouth. <laughs> he didn't even write the article. <laughs> oh, poor Thank guy. You, Gary. Gave us a topic to talk about. <laughs> He's sitting in on the show next week, right, Rob? We got Gary Sharon. Oh, yeah. I Fourth forgot Mike. to mention that. Oh, fuck. Cut this part out. <laughs> Shit. He doesn't listen to it. His publicist just told him he's going to be on. Yeah, he's fine with it. What about that fourth singer of uh, of Van Halen? The, oh, Mitch uh, Malloy. Uh, oh, my Sh God. Shlomo Choyna. Oh, <laughs> no. Do you have anything to say about this? Do we have a quote? <laughs> I do, actually, right here. <laughs> this was in Blabbermouth. Uh, uh, well, between, uh, it was, okay, it was, it kind of freaky that we are school. It, it was, it was, it would be school, but it would be A, we, it's, uh, okay, um, um, well, 
Um, my. <laughs> Okay, so um, my my um my um my school has got a schedule. A schedule is similar to um Centurum, as I mean uh, um whatever. This is one clip. Okay, <laughs> I think that first Jeez. one was stitched together. Someone sent. Okay, that. sounds like they did it on purpose, to make it sound like it was all one statement. He should have never left Van Halen. Agreed. <laughs> R.I.P. Lubovitch. <laughs> Alive, by the way. Okay. Well, we, we don't know. That's the last uh, time you talk to him. In our YouTube uh, chat comments, Uh-oh. Uncle Gana asks, <laughs> "What would need to happen for you guys to feel safe podcasting in the same room again?" I would say I would feel safe podcasting in the same room again with my co-hosts. The problem is we don't have a space currently to yeah. podcast from. Uh, we. Uh, with and also with Noah, she moved. She's no longer in New York, so that makes it a little more difficult. Yeah. But there, there, there might be a possibility of some things in the future. I but, think uh, like for, how we do it now, like I feel like yeah. this has accidentally been a boon to our uh, show, and also, and I also would not be averse to like doing a live show too, yeah. like occasionally. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like we've kind of. Uh, kept the spirit of the show as it was before when we were all in the same room, but mm-hmm. not being in the same room. I, I don't think it's that much different. If, if you disagree, please let us know. Email us hate mail and metal injection.net where we're genuinely curious what you think, or drop into our discord. There's an invite mm. on every episode page. I don't think I mentioned enough on the show that we have yeah. a 24 seven chat going, baby. You can talk to us. You can talk to fellow live cast fans in our discord. And of course, once again, check out our Patreon. You okay, Rock? I just wanted to take a little sip of water. Recalibrating. Getting a little burpy. Uh, I do want to mention our top live cast fans of the week. Mm. And if you want to be a top live cast fan of the week, you can. It, it is a Patreon tier. It is the $10 Patreon tier. You get everything for the $5 tier, which is the bonus episodes, the video versions of the episodes, Sid's column about TV shows. And at the end of every show, we give you, a top live guest fan, a little shout ski. I'm going to do it in my uh, Brazilian accent. Yes, that was going to be my request. Get uh, first, uh, first, we have a Derek, and then we have a Robagadouche, Justin. Uh, how are you doing? I am Brazilian. <laughs> then we have the Benjamin and the El Dinarino. And then don't forget about the Dan Otto and the Mindy Amaze, a Kippa, Ike Volta, Croc Destroyer, Cattle Decaf, Oi, yay, yeah, some my own, my us. Gender and Chasuris is who's it and the crustacean is sensation. I got stomper. Dad, it's a rubber vampire. I have the count now. Oh, Hugo likes the tacos and the Lando Danks and the LaCroix and Scooby Doo 182. Is he a vampire now? Yeah. Brazilian vampire? <laughs> Douglas, who are you? Levison, I want to suck your blood. <laughs> So those are, our pyro, pyro. those are our top live cast fans of the week. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Thank you so much to all of our patrons. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to Axel Rosenberg. Did you know that Axel Rosenberg wrote a freaking book? I what? did. That's he right. Hellra- Hellraisers, a complete visual history of heavy metal mayhem. It's out now. 
It's been out for a few years now, so get the fuck on it. You can but get it, it out now, too. It's in six languages now, so, you know, uh, you should be able to find a version you can read. Brazilian? I don't know That's about not that. not a language. <laughs> Portuguese, you know what I mean. They didn't tell me which language is. Is oh, it in no. Russian? I see, I see it's in Spanish. The first result is for an Amazon uh, España. I love be it. In Hebrew, right? Result. Oh, it's got to be in Hebrew. <laughs> And of course, the website is metalsucks.net. You know, you know. Thanks for having me, guys. Always fun to be here. Of course. An absolute pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. And uh, we love you. And if you copy our cover art, you better send us flowers and a note. Mm. Cut that shit out.